Welcome to season six of the Making a Marketer podcast with your hosts, Megan Powers with Event Marketing Partners and Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Gretemann Group and Xdan. This show is for all levels of experience talking marketing and business with the best guests in the industry. Two guarantees that we maintain you will learn and laugh. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 116 of the Making a Marketer podcast. I am Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing. The show is made possible by Powers of Marketing. We focus on strategic content creation, including podcast and event production, hosting, and emceeing. And my lovely co-host, Jen Cole, how are you today? I am wonderful, Megan. I'm so happy to be recording with you today. It's going to be a lot of fun. And getting ready for the holidays. And this is an audio podcast, so you can't see it, but her background looks like it's a fake Zoom background that like <laughs> you would pick. She's got the tree and the whole like woodwork that's in her home and stuff. It's super cute. Well done. Thank you. It's funny because when I saw the tree in one of your pictures, I thought that's that looks like it's in a doorway. That's kind of a weird place for a tree, but actually it's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. It takes up way less house space if we just put it right there. This is the first year we've done it and I love it. I, we're doing it there every year from now on. Awesome. So this is going to be our second to last episode of 2022. And I'm really excited about this is for sure something I know so little about. I mean, for real, when I heard, <laughs> yeah. oh, they're making huge updates, I thought, okay, well, I wouldn't have heard about that because this isn't something I'm into. I flirted with learning about how to manage Google Analytics, but I, yeah. Mm. So our <laughs> guest today, she was on episode 56 way back when, and we talked about SEO strategy. Today, we're going to talk about the new Google Analytics ecosystem world. Some people know, some people don't. Google is changing over from universal analytics to what they're calling GA4. And all of that will make more sense as soon as we get going with our guest, Brie Anderson. Welcome, Brie. Hey, I'm excited to be here and uh, see all the festivities that nobody else gets to see. All right. <laughs> Welcome back. This is super fun to have you once again. Okay, I'm going to read your bio. Brie E. Anderson is an analytical nerd with a soft spot for strategy. She spent the last 10 years helping businesses of all sizes execute data-driven strategies to increase ROI. Today, Brie runs Beast Analytics, a digital marketing analytics consultancy, and contributes to leading industry publications such as Moz and Search Engine Journal. All right. So without further ado, Jen, you want to kick us off? You bet. I am so excited about this conversation today, Brie. So to set the stage before we dive into the specifics of what uh, will be a big transition of how we get analytics from web traffic, what is happening and when with Google Analytics? Yeah, so Google Analytics rolled out. So right now, if you're using Google Analytics, well, maybe not right now, but in the past, if you had been using Google Analytics, you'd be using um, a platform that they called Universal Analytics. And so that rolled out in 2012, right? 
the reason they rolled out this new platform was because we were starting to see, I mean, if you think way back to the archives of your mind, 2012, what did web traffic look like then? It was mostly, it was still mostly desktop. And when it was mobile, I mean, we were about a 50-50 split then. When it was mobile, we were still going to m.facebook.com on our phones, right? There were some apps. It wasn't as much app traffic though. Like we were really starting to just like take that and, and use apps and do all these things. So that was really kind of the the push for universal analytics. We really needed to have that understanding of, you know, how people were using mobile, how many how people were using desktop and so on and so forth. So that that rolled out in like 2012. Well, in 2020, amidst, you know, a, a very stable, you know, environment that we had for for the whole world. <laughs> Google said, you know, it would be a great thing to do. We should just roll out this completely brand new platform, give no warning and just force people to use it because that's what they do best, right? Like that's what, that's what Google, that's their MO. That's what they enjoy doing. And so in October of 2020, they rolled out this new platform called Google Analytics 4. And if you went to create a Google Analytics account anytime after that, they would automatically have you make a Google Analytics 4 property. And so that's kind of where like a lot of people kind of ignored it. Like they already had Universal Analytics running. They just ignored the whole Google Analytics 4 thing because they're like, yeah, Google really likes to play around and like make all these things. And, and not really follow through or, you know, whatever. <laughs> but this March, actually, because we are at Social Media Marketing World, mm-hmm. Google announced that July of 2023, Universal Analytics will be deprecated. They will collect no more data and everybody will, you know, eventually lose that data, which is scary because in theory, yeah. you've had 10 years of data, right? In universal <laughs> analytics that now you can't use because Google Analytics 4 uses a completely different data structure. So when you create a Google Analytics 4 account, you're starting from zero. It doesn't port in any of your old information. So the reason that announcement was so important was because if you wanted year over year data by the time you have to use Google Analytics 4, you would have had to start and had it completely set up by July of this year. Obviously, now, you know, we're in December as we record this. So we only have about eight months until a little less than eight months until Google shuts down universal analytics data collecting capabilities. So, yeah, it's completely moved over to a, a brand new platform almost. Wow. That's, it's huge. It's huge. I really, I really hope that people are underestimating this. I'm so glad that I've learned about it. I don't even remember how I initially learned about it, but glad I know. <laughs> okay. So I feel like you just answered like six of our questions in one answer, <laughs> but we did, it was a pretty broad question, but to make sure I understand, did they try to make the switch? And then everyone said, no, no, no. And that's why they're waiting. So the reason they're waiting is because the reason they had to announce it when they did and they're waiting is because people, you know, they know that the people that are using Google Analytics are marketers and we live and die by our period over period metrics, right, to show growth, especially, you know, like, for instance, we just got past the Black Friday, Cyber Monday stuff, which is huge for e-com. Next year, e-com, they're going to have to have something that they can compare to. I think that's why Google kind of gave us a heads up that and because literally everyone hated Google Analytics for the second it came out. 
And I think oh. this was them saying like, yo, you're going to have to use it. So you may as well start learning it because people, you know, any situation change is scary. And we haven't seen a change this big, like I said, since 2012. And here's the fun fact about that. Everybody hated Google Analytics 4 the second it came out, but they also hated Universal Analytics all the way up until the day Google Analytics 4 came out. And then all of a sudden, everybody loved <laughs> Universal and they hated funny. Google Analytics 4. So, you know, I think that's how it goes. Everything's scary until we figure it out and, and, right. and then we're able to move forward with it. So I think well, they, they company- were trying to give people a little bit of push, you know? Right. So the data that you're going to lose, mm-hmm. are there companies like coming up with ways to help you hold on to it or trans- yeah, like make the so, transition easier? So right now they haven't released the plans for getting rid of that data, right? It just stops collecting is what's going to happen. So July 1st, 2023, you're going to start seeing zeros all across the board for new data when it comes to universal analytics. They did say that they're getting rid of that data at some point, but that plan hasn't put, been put out there to my knowledge. But there are companies out there, I mean, it is possible to download all of your data and put it into like, like port it over into like a data warehouse or something like that. There are connections to BigQuery. You could pay for a connection to BigQuery, which is like kind of like a SQL database and you just pull everything into there. But the thing about that, right? I mean, you would have to be talking about, I mean, it's very expensive to do one, expensive to store two, and it's expensive to find someone that has the skills to even make that data worth having because you would need a, a data scientist or, you right. know, somebody that knows SQL queries and all that kind of fun stuff. I actually was looking into learning SQL. It doesn't Do seem it. like it's that hard to me, but I, you know, I was a web developer back yeah. before, you know, all the new CMSs came about. But. Yeah. All right. Cool. So to kind of make it easier for people to understand, let, let's uh, just, what is the best way to describe exactly what Google Analytics 4 is? Yeah. So Google Analytics 4 is an event-based analytics platform. Universal Analytics was a lot of different things based. So we had events, we had social, we had... Right page views, so like page view hits, session events, yeah, or session hits and user, I think I could be wrong about that. But basically it had like all these different things that Google was listening for and it ported all this data into like weird places and then would bring it all together. So like you had your user data, you had your social data, you had your mm. event data and Google Analytics 4 is strictly event-based. Everything's an event. Session, start, okay. event. First visit is an event, you know, returning user, that's a, a return session. It's an event, right? Like Google Analytics 4 is strictly event-based. Now, the biggest reason why Google Analytics had to come out when it did and that they're using this type of collection method is because of all of the legislation that's come out in the last few years regarding GDPR, data privacy, right. data retention, data collection, all of those things. So Google Analytics 4 is far more equipped to handle those needs than Universal was. Universal was actually illegal in some countries and still is illegal in some countries. Wow. Um, Yeah, because it it, it infringes on the data privacy rights that their citizens have based on like what the government came up with, right? So Google had to come up with Google Analytics 4. I mean, it's a long short of it. That's what needed to happen. It also, because it's event-based and this ties in with GDPR too, it doesn't rely on cookies as much. So in the past year and a half, we've seen iOS 4 14 
5.5 come out, which hindered a lot of people's reporting. And we've seen, you know, Chrome said that they're going to, they're going to release cookie-less browsing in 2023 or 2024. Like it, it's coming, right? That next wave is coming. And so Google is able to collect events in a way, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I, I understand how this works. I really don't. But in a way that allows them to fill the gaps for missing data, right? Or, or data that they can't provide to you. So if you just spend, you know, a day in Google Analytics for the demo account, there's a demo account you can use. You can see that they're really flexing their muscles for artificial intelligence, machine learning, like all that's in there. It's got so, some really cool capabilities. So yeah, so Google Analytics 4 is an event-based um, web analytics well, not even just web, it's an analytics platform that you can port web and data into. Wow. Event-based. I think that's going to be like the key yeah. thing right there. Everything. Which is why, by the way. Events that I hold my clients. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But that's also, that's why it doesn't, you can't put universal analytics data into Google Analytics for, for a myriad of reasons. But one of the, the biggest reasons is they're completely different data structures when you have event-based and then you have event and conversion and session and e-commerce and, you know, like page view events like that doesn't play well with event based so that's another one of the big reasons why why you're starting from zero so do i understand it right that you that this new let's say my chrome browser on the web mm-hmm. on my desktop well that those analytics will be connected to my mobile now or is that is that something i, I mean yes let me back. no so that i mean i mean but it's been that way for years Oh, we've, I see. we've okay. kind of had technology in place that allows us to, I mean, and it's not with 100% accuracy, right? Like that, that's a disclaimer that should always be out there. Google Analytics right. is not 100% accurate. It's never going to be 100% accurate. doesn't matter what you do. They, you're going to miss things. And, and it's kind of the same in this instance, right? Like for years, we've been able to say like, all right, well, that was Megan on her desktop. And then she opens up Safari where she's logged into Google on her iPhone. And we know that's still Megan. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But and that's something you have the option to turn off in Google oh, Analytics for. Interesting. As someone who's tracking, not as a not as an individual, as as someone uh, who's looking at As someone data. who's tracking, yes, you have a, you can do that. As an individual, you've had access to do that for a while, too. People just don't talk about it. Okay. So maybe it was... Yeah, because we want to see all the things yeah. as marketers. The It's interesting, too, because I was on an event last night and there's a guy from Europe who he he was saying, as a marketeer, I really appreciate it. He said, but the amount of stuff we're able to see in the U.S. that we aren't able to see in Europe is like mind blowing to him. Maybe it was the app connection. So let's say the app connection is different. Yes. It, it's different now, but is it going to be connected in the new? Yeah. So in universal analytics, you have like, they call them views. So just think of it kind of like an, an account that has just your app data. And then you have an account that has just your web data, right? They're, they've always been separate. This is kind of like the transition to like we were talking about, like that all that came out from 2012 on. Now, okay. 
starting in 2020 with the release of Google Analytics 4, your app data and your web data actually live together in one account as opposed to in two separate accounts. So the idea is that, yeah, you get a better understanding of the full customer journey because a lot more people, right? And you also see in Google Analytics 4, like there's a monetization section, right? And you see e-commerce in there, but you're also seeing AdSense in there and you're also seeing in um, is in there. Because we've come a long way from the traditional ideas of e-commerce, right? Like originally it was brick and mortar. You had to go in the store and you had to buy something. And then it was, well, you had like only certain stores had e-commerce. So you could go to their website and buy something. Well, now we have these marketplaces like in Amazon where you can buy from the brand or you could go to their store or you could go to their website. And now some of these people have apps and there's all these different things. Right. So Google Analytics um, 4 is trying to account for that. And, you know, yeah, you might have a company that sells an online product, sells ad space on their website and also sells, you know, subscriptions to an app and all of that data is going to be available in one place. Right. I mean, like when I'm on a road trip, Waze, I get, you know, an ad for Wendy's in Waze. Mm-hmm. But also McDonald's has their own app now and Chipotle has their own app now and Domino's and they all want you to purchase from inside the app. Is this playing into that? I mean, is this yeah. is this part of the reason why they're going app-based or not um, connected? Well, I mean, I, I guess it depends on like, yeah, like McDonald's, they probably had, like they, they've been tracking analytics for the website, I'm sure. And they had been tracking analytics for their app. Well, one of those places is going to get far more purchases, right? Like mm-hmm. you're, you're not ordering online to McDonald's on your desktop more likely than right. not. But now, yes, they can see them both okay. in the same place. Social Media Examiner is a great case study for this, right? Social Media Examiner, the website, sells tickets to their conferences. They sell, you know, courses, memberships, all that stuff. So they have that e-commerce component. They also have ad space or, or sell ads on their website. And so those are two different types of monetization. You wouldn't have seen those in the same place previously, but now you do. Gotcha. Okay. My brain hurts. Jen, is it yeah. is it half time? <laughs> It's time for our brain break. So as you might remember, Brie, um, halfway through each episode, we take a little break and we talk about something just kind of cutesy and fun. And today's brain break topic is what are you looking forward to the most during this holiday season? And we'll go with Megan first since she was aware of the question before you. Actually, so in San Diego, we have the Holiday Bowl and there is a huge balloon parade that happens. It's actually the largest balloon parade, like like west of the Mississippi. I think we actually have more floats than the Thanksgiving Day Parade, wow. um, which is pretty That's cool. Crazy. And it goes all along the waterfront. And I haven't, they had it last year, but I missed it because I was snowed in. And then they didn't have it the <laughs> year before because of COVID. And then, yeah, so I keep missing it. So I think I'm going to be in town for it this time. And it's I just, a, you know, I'll walk down the hill from my house and it's a like a really awesome tradition. So even if you're not going to the game, you can still experience the the parade. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that is so That's cool. Fun. That sounds like so much fun. Yeah. I, I want one of those. I know. I know. Like, I think, I think the coolest parade that we have here in Wichita is the St. Patty's one and they're finally bringing that back this year. Brie, did you know that? I didn't know that, but yeah. They are. It's finally coming back. Hasn't been here since like 2019. I'm so excited. But Brie, what are you most excited about for the holiday season this year? Um, well, we are getting a nursery together for our little one that will be joining us late February, early March. So 
that's what I'm the most excited about is watching the nursery come together. That is so, so, so exciting. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait to see this new baby in the spring. Yes. It's going to be precious. That's so cool, Brie. I'm so happy. Well, and I, and I just keep like seeing all the parents, you know, like out and about, like I just freaking love Christmas. I keep seeing like yeah. all the families out and about, you know, and families like prepping for Christmas, you know? And I'm just thinking like, oh, I'm excited that he's going to be born when he is because he'll be old enough to like play with wrapping paper and like do all that stuff for his first Christmas. So I'm just, I'm stoked. I just, I I can't keep my mind off of it. So so being a boy mom is so much fun too. So there is also that. I'm so excited for you. I would say for myself, for the holiday season, there's a lot to look forward to because we have a lot of traditions in our family. And now Tim and I are making our new traditions together too. But I, you know, I honestly, I love, I love Christmas day. I love cooking um, in the kitchen with uh, Tim's daughter, Josie and his mom and Tim, of course, and getting the boys involved. I love, of course, the yeah, opening of presents is a little chaotic because again, I'm a boy mom and they're now teenagers, but then the Christmas movies and the putting together of the gifts. And, and then we also play a murder mystery board game, which is so much fun. The whole day is, it's just, it's a wonderful day and I, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Making new yeah. memories. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. I'm going to dive us back into the meat of the re- the brain breaks over. I hope you guys aren't All tired. Right. <laughs> so, All right. At Grammy Group, we religiously use UTMs. Yeah. So my question is, what, okay, it's kind of two, twofold. Will they still work with GA4? And is there anything different that we'll need to be aware of? Like, will our UTMs that we're using now, will they continue to work? Yes and yes. So they do no. still work. There is one caveat. Um, There's one parameter that you don't get access to. So you can't use the content parameter anymore, right? So we had source, medium, campaign, content, keyword, right? Right. You could put, technically, you could use all of those in your UTM. Now we don't have content. You can still use source, medium, campaign. Generally, that's, I mean, most people don't go past that. And honestly, I want to advise going past that. But if you were using the content parameter, you don't get access to that, but it works the exact same way as it did in Universal. So if you just use your at UTM underscore source equals and then whatever, it, it's still going to work. Oh, that's awesome. That's great to know. Yeah. So good to know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of UTMs that we kind of reuse sometimes. So it's going to be nice to be able to keep that. Yeah. And for the novice listener who's listening, who might not know what a UTM is, you want to give a quick, yeah, what is a UTM? It is, and it's, stands for urgent tracking module, which you probably didn't know. That's the nerdy side of me. Um, <laughs> basically, all it does is it puts some garbly goop at the end of your URL that looks like code. And when people click on that, it takes them to the, so it would be like, let's just do Megan.com. UTM puts a little bit of code at the end of that URL. And when people click on it, it takes them to Megan.com. But information from that code is sent to Google Analytics to say, hey, they came from this specific place. Huh. So like post to Twitter and you put in your UTM like Twitter post, right? Then the person's taken to your to your website and then it also that URL sends the information to Google to say, hey, this came from Twitter post. That's what Megan wanted to call it. Awesome. Okay. So I am redeveloping a website for the company I'm working for right now. And today we got to talking a little bit about SEO because he said he said something about 
we want blah, blah, blah for SEO. And I said, okay. I said, but just so you know, like we get done with this website and then the SEO work really starts because they are two separate things. And I said, by the way, did you know that about this new GA4 thing? And he did not. And so I'm curious, how will SEO for our websites will play into all this this change? Yeah, so SEO, I mean, it, it, that's going to remain the same. The analytics side of it doesn't really, it doesn't change your SEO. So like people have wondered like, well, if I'm using Google Analytics 4, is that going to give me better SEO? Because Google's going to like favor it because they're going to be happy that you're adapting their new products. But that's definitely a conspiracy theory. And no, they don't favor you because you're using Google Analytics 4. But I like the way that you track the success of SEO is going to be different. SEOs always loved their bounce rate and Google Analytics 4 doesn't. Okay, they it, when it was released, it didn't even have bounce rate. And I was like, thank God we're getting rid of it. People are going to be so mad that I said that. But they didn't have it originally. And all of my SEO friends were crying about it. And everybody was crying about it. So Google put it back in. But Google Analytics 4, so the reason they had initially gotten rid of bounce rate now now it is available in the platform if you, if you need to use it. But the reason they got rid of it was because in Google Analytics 4, we have a set of metrics called engagement metric. So in Universal Analytics, we had behavior metric. Now they're called engagement metrics. And these engagement metrics are based off of this idea of an engaged session, which Google actually defined for us, which I think is extremely interesting that they came out and told us what they consider to be an engaged session. Um, and that's anyone who is on the site for 10 seconds or longer, visits two or more pages, or completes a conversion event. So if any one of those things happens, it's considered an engaged session. So now bounce rate is actually calculated different. So people wanted their bounce rate back, they got it. All bounce rate is, is the exact opposite of the engagement rate that Google actually was already giving us. So they were kind of like just making people happy. So what Google Analytics 4, though, does is it is it pushes you to have this engaged session. So when it comes to SEO, I would encourage people to have that idea of an engaged session in the back of their minds, because it's not often that Google comes out and tells us exactly what they're considering to be like, quote, success. So as an so SEO, that part of me got got really excited when they released that. Yeah, that's cool. But so make sure I understand if someone's on your site less than 10 seconds, then that's going to be included in your bounce rate? Yep. Unless they okay. visited two pages or more. I see. So okay. if they don't stay on the site for 10 seconds and they don't navigate to another page, then it's considered a bounce. Okay. All right. So the homepage considered the first page. And if they click yeah. through to another, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. That's cool. Yeah. Because we were talking today too about, you know, I want the site super clean um, and I want as much above the fold as possible mm -hmm. because I don't want, you know, all those huge hero images when they first, all those sites came out, that was super cool, but it didn't give you anything of value like right away, yep. except for, oh, a pretty picture. If you wanted them to see anything else, they had to scroll down. And so I'm trying to keep as much about the fold as possible. So that's, Yeah, but if so they interact, if they go to another page or if they complete, like that's why it's important too that you have your conversion set up because if they complete whatever goal you had in mind for them on the page, it's not considered a bounce, right? Like you might think like, well, if I put everything above the fold, they're not going to stay for 10 seconds. But if that's not the goal to keep them on the site for 10 seconds, it's not going to ding you. You just have to make sure that you've got your conversion set up and that you're you're leading them further down the funnel. Yeah, you know, a, a good call to action. 
Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. So, all right. Awesome. Okay. All right. So there's going to be some pretty critical changes coming with uh, GA4, as we've heard so far. You were talking about goals just now. Can you explain how, like a little bit further, how goals will be measured in Google Analytics 4? Yeah. So in GA4, we'd actually, you don't see goals anymore. You see conversions. Okay. So you have events. Remember, okay. everything is an event. Yep. You have events. And then you have conversions. So they, they're not called goals anymore. They're called conversions. It's actually a lot easier to set up conversions in GA4 than it was in Universal. So if you ever set up a, a goal in Universal Analytics, you had to have an action, a category, and a label, right? And same with events. In GA4, you don't need any of that. If something comes through as an event, you literally under... Um, so you hit the little gear in the bottom uh, to go to the admin settings and under... They just moved this yesterday, by the way. So you hit <laughs> the, the, the admin gear on the left-hand bottom side and under the account settings, you'll see something called events. If you click on that, it'll list all the events that are currently being captured. And there's this little toggle next to it. And if you hit that toggle it turns it into a conversion. So it'll turn blue. That little toggle will turn blue. And now that's going to be marked as a conversion. So you don't have to go through like setup twice, which is essentially what you had to do in Universal Analytics. You only do it the one time. You can also create events right there in the GA4 platform based on the automatically collected parameters, which is really cool. Again, another change from Universal, really like sending custom events was kind of a pain in Universal. It's not near as hard in GA4. That's cool. Okay. All right. So that clears that up quite a bit. So, and actually, so we don't have, you know, they're not called goals anymore. They're called conversions. Those actually live under the engagement reports in GA4, as opposed to like, there aren't conversion. There's not a conversion section in the menu. It's acquisition, engagement, and then monetization. So if you don't have e-commerce, that last like set of reports doesn't really make sense, but your conversions are going to live with your events under engagement. So if you can't find them, that's where they are. Nice. Okay. All right. That's awesome. That's really good information. Awesome. 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 And actually, it's funny. It just occurred to me that event that I was on last night, it was Google that was talking. <laughs> that was, It was Google and Accenture was, were the two companies that were on the event. But they didn't talk about this specifically. They just talked, they were just talking about data in general with regard to retail, which yeah. it's always like a, all my, I'm like a fly on a wall in the events that I do. It's super, it's super interesting. Okay. So I think I'm going to tweak this. I guess, you know what? I'm just going to ask you, what what else do you think we need to know? Because I was just going to ask, like, as we go into the new year, you know, what what can we share with people about forming good habits with their analytical data? So if you want to talk to that or if there's anything else you think that our friends would find valuable. Yeah, I will say the transition to GA4 is a really good time to assess what you have been collecting and compare that against what maybe you need to be collecting or what should be collected. So a lot of people, you know, had old goals set up that kind of collected what they needed, but didn't really. Um, This is a really good time. Like you're starting with a clean slate. So really sit down and think about Okay, our website and our app today, what were they built for? Like, what were they built to get people to do? Okay, now what are all the events around that that maybe we need to collect? And, you know, take that into your setting up of GA4 so that you know, you're you're able to start with a really fresh, brand new setup and really clean data that is going to be helpful for decision making. Well, and launching a new website is like perfect time, I think. Um, yep, that too. That. <laughs> 
Awesome. All right. I feel like this is a really good like intro and yeah. people are going to have to dive a little bit deeper. Um, like with most things, you know, with, with our last show, we talked about RevOps, like you're not going to solve all the problems of the world in 40 minutes, but we really appreciate all oh, this is awesome. We do like to ask our guests to recommend a business book for our friends out there in podcast land. What do you recommend today, Brie? Yeah, so I just finished listening to the audiobook Badass Your Brand by Pia Silva. And that is a really, really good one, especially for anyone that's a solopreneur or wants to have like a, a smaller business in the sense of they don't want a huge team, right? So that was a an amazing book. I took so many takeaways from that one and I talked everybody's ear off at Thanksgiving about it. They were probably sick of me by the time it was over. <laughs> That's awesome. Of course, another one for Jen and I to add to our our, our stack of books that <laughs> we um, haven't gotten books. through yet. <laughs> well, this was awesome. Thanks so much, Bree, for being with us. And we wish you congratulations on your pending We Won and um, happy holidays. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. And Miss Jen, one more episode in 22. Happy holidays wow. to you and yours as well. And to yeah. you, Miss Megan. We're getting a visit from Olaf. Is that what just started? Uh, I was, I was floating. Oh, okay. the dogs. You just never somewhere. know which dog will make an appearance. <laughs> no. All right, y'all. This has been episode 116 of the Making a Marketer podcast, and we will catch you next time.